Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, baseball crazed vigilantes, the third eyelid, police officers, stepmothers who are younger than their stepchildren, dream pillows, a modified Subaru R2 patrol car, aquatic Suiko, and other mushi. Listener discretion is advised. APB, APB. Be on the lookout for a white-haired, green-eyed Mushi Master. Be on the lookout. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Monger View. This is your host, Zon. And I am Belchan. Hey guys, how you doing? We are back. We have returned. It is the month of March. Yes, March. What can we say about March? It's March. I mean, it's all scary and watery and just blah. Yeah, this weather is just horrible. Yes, very true, very true. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Spark Insider provides information reviews about manga. Anything you want to know about us, just check us out at our website, www.sparkin.com. You can email me at zan at sparkin.com or sparkin at gmail.com. You can email at uh, belchan at sparkin.com. Mm-hmm. And you can leave a voicemail to us, 6350 Twitter under Sparkin, and Facebook us under Sparkin Manga Review Group. And, well, now that that's out of the way, we can get back to our conversations about March. Mm-hmm. How just... I want to say, the only thing I can think of is blargy about it. Just bleh. Yeah. Just. Can we talk about the torrential rain that we've had? Just yeah. For this past week, it's just been horrible. Yeah, it's been just really, really bad. It's not a good way to open up the mm. month. I mean, just bleh. It's just been really just murky and mucky and just... March is the month of rain, I think. I thought that that was... Bro, April, yeah, oh, you're right. April, April showers, showers bring, bring me flowers. <laughs> March goes in like a lion, out like a lamb. Whatever that means. I never understood that either, because it makes no sense, because last year it was still snowy outside, and I could see my ground! There's no more snow! Last year I remember we had that huge blackout. I think it was like the middle of March, right? Yes. It was a big snowstorm, and then you... It just, we had a blackout. You had the blackout for like a whole week. Two weeks. Two weeks. Mine lasted only, I think, two days. Yep, and it was the beginning of Lent, too, so on that, uh, ironically, since we didn't have any food or anything, I broke the first week of Lent, I fucked it up, because I'm stupid. Yeah, it was 
it's like an ice storm and uh-huh. trees everywhere. It's just horrible. Mm. But this this month seems a lot better. Yep, <laughs> knock on wood, as you heard. Just as long as it stays clean and not murky, we'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I just hope nothing truly ooh, happens. I mean, yeah. I mean, the groundhog must have been right when they said that it would be an early spring, possibly. We just have to see. Yeah, I hope so. It's just it's so... I don't know. It's just one of those days that you just feel bleh. Because today opened up all nice and shiny, and you had blue skies and <laughs> nice weather. The sun was out, and now... It's it, just revert, revert back to its yeah, original state. Cloudy, murky, and I just... I could just picture a castle in the background with someone going... <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's Halloween. I know. That's the one thing I don't like about spring. I don't like the beginning of spring. I like the end of spring. Uh, the beginning of spring reminds me of the probably the middle of fall. Yeah. Just like temperature-wise. Yeah, true, true, true. It, some people like this better than summer, though, because it's a nice temperate temperature. The only thing I don't like about spring is the pollen is going to start soon, and then I'm going to be sneezing, and I'm going to sound all nasally and talk like this for half <laughs> the podcast episodes. <laughs> I have allergies too. Sometimes when I have allergies, I don't even know whether it's really a fever or an allergy. Yeah, well, confused. but you never get sick because you get the shot. That weird, uh, what is it? N2R. H- H1N1 vaccine. Yes, it's evil. Blue vaccine. Evil, I tell you, evil. It helped because I wasn't sick once so far this get, whole winter. But you get sick for the first two weeks. Oh yeah, you feel like crap the whole two weeks. I don't want them to, to jab me with sharp, pointy things. They're evil. No, with you, you'd pro- you might get like a huge re- allergic reaction. No, I'll just probably cry and punch out the doctor. Because I think some people can't get it, like old people. And... But I'm not old. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, young. But if you're um, if you have severe allergies to something, you might not be able to get it either. Mm, true, true, I true. I just. You just fight it with immunity. Yes, fight it with immunity. And plus, I have no insurance, so I have to use the old remedies like turnips and castor oil and... Prune juice. Not prune juice. Prune juice is not good. That's a diuretic. I'll be in the bathroom for four hours. Same thing with some other liquids, which actually most people don't realize is a diuretic. But we're getting disgusting and strange. You're like wondering, huh? Where did this conversation yes. lead to? Where can it lead to? Well, nothing much, really. We're just babbling on and on and on. Because it's been... Two weeks since I released an, an episode of this Bark and Manga review, and we're back. We've returned. And yes, we've read lots of manga. Interesting manga. Well, not really. We've read unusual manga. And, if some of you can guess, there's a reason why Beltan is here. Yes, but we'll get into that in a moment. So, before we should get into our mangas, which we've actually delved into, we have news. Yes, news. A lot of news, actually. Now, let's get on with the topic, the first one. Now, this one's actually relevant to my manga this episode, and that is that the 43rd volume of Kosuke Fujishima's Ai Megami-sama, or Ah My Goddess, Oh My Goddess, the manga, is going to ship in a very limited edition with the manga's second original animation DVD. Yes, I said that right, original animation DVD. It's no longer OVA, it's OAD. On September 22nd. So they're actually making a new OVA for Amagamasami. And, ironically, Hiroaki Goda is directing it again. So that's pretty cool. Especially if you're a fan of Amagadis. Oh, I'm a fan. 
Yes, and since season two ended so abruptly, we at least get some more stories of Keiichi, Beldandi, Erd, Skuld, Mara, Banpei-chan, and all the other interesting characters in the universe. That should be fun. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, so the next one... The American television channel, Sci-Fi or Siffy. Siffy! S-Y-F-Y. Why? How does that come out to Sci-Fi? I don't understand. <laughs> Lists the anime series Chrono Crusade and Gurren Lagan for Thursday, March 24th. The channel currently shows both series on Tuesday and will continue to do so through March 15th. But starting the week after, the anime block will air on Thursday nights. So essentially, they're moving Anime Monday again from Anime Tuesday to now Anime Thursday. Hmm. That's kind of crappy. That makes no sense because it's still called Anime Monday, yet it's Anime Thursday. That makes no sense. <laughs> Anime Thursday. That's that makes no sense. That's uh, sci-fi. They're actually going under. I heard. Oh, really? Oh, you could always watch anime on the Funimation channel. You're lucky you have that. <laughs> I have to stick with my DVDs. You just go, I'm going to watch Gankutsuo, or what is that other show you watch? The one with the... Uh... Eden of East? Yes, Eden of the East, which we should talk about in our projects coming up soon. I have a question. Sci-fi is going under? I don't see how that's going to work. Because... Well, it's not that it's going under. The quality is going under because they've gotten that's really true. bad. They have nothing anymore. I mean, they lost Doctor Who. They lost Stargate. They lost... Battleship Galactica and all those other series, but that's something for a science fiction podcast, which we are not. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the next one. Now, another anime related news, and that is the new Beverly Cinema in LA is going to be screening the American premiere of Kill Bill The Whole Bloody Affair, which is the full, unedited, 247 minute combined cut of all Kill Bill. That is awesome. I've been waiting so long for that to finally come out, and I will buy the whole bloody affair when it comes out on DVD. But supposedly this is also coming in with a new section with another anime series for Oren Ishii. It's called The Origin of Oren. They're making an anime thing, which is pretty cool, because originally... Oh, really? Yeah, because remember they had the animated sequence inside there? They put yeah. another animated sequence. So that is pretty cool. Now there's another seven minutes, and I am really psyched to see it, because... Honestly, Kill Bill was really cool, but I just did not like the fact that it was two movies. Well, then you should watch it. It comes out the uncut version. Yeah, true, true. It's going to be kind of rough, though, because I have to double dip, and I don't like double dipping. I already own both of them. But, eh, I'm a geek. So, so what they're going to do is they're going to add a section mm-hmm. to make it... A- to make it flow better, or...? I don't know. We, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know this, the exact schematics about it. But it should be coming out March 27th through March 31st. That's at the end of the month, so... Yeah. I know you're gonna get that. <laughs> oh, yeah. The manga artist duo, Peachbit, ended their zombie loan manga in the March issue of Square Enix G Fantasy Magazine on February 18th. The story revolves around three high school students, a girl who can see rings around the necks of those who are about to die, and two boys in her class who have defied death, who hunt zombies for the zombie loan office. I wonder what you need to do to get a zombie loan, though. Seriously, I mean, do you have to have, like, four forms of ID plus your job? I don't know. We're going to hit that series eventually. Um, now, 13th and Final Volume is going to be shipping in Japan around May or... April, something like that, and to end the mark of the manga, they're going to be bundling with G Fantasy a memorial poster. Now, for those who don't know, Zombie Loans released over here under Yen Press, and they're publishing the 11th volume around, I think it's July? Yeah, something like that. July, and there's also a TV anime series, which came out four years ago or something. I don't remember. 
So, next one is that manga creator Min Ayahama is bringing back her most well-known work, a series which I actually saw with Zoro back in the day. The shoujo fantasy comedy Red Riding Hood Cha-Cha, or Akazukin Cha-Cha, in a one-shot story called Akazukin Cha-Cha N on March 26th. And this is actually the first time this is coming out in over a decade. Now, for those who don't know, this came out originally in 1992 to 2000, and the series is just a slapstick comedy series about a magician named Cha-Cha, who's a young girl with blonde hair, who is a magical girl, and she wears a red riding hood cape. Then there's her best friend, Ryua, who is a wolf boy, and he has magical powers, and then there's their third foil, who is this magician's apprentice named Shine. And... The TV series is completely strange and ridiculous, and it literally is odd. I mean, the first time I saw it, there was an evil ninja monster who was trying to kidnap Cha-Cha, who said, WASABI! And he poured wasabi in people's mouths. <laughs> That's kind of funny. series is ridiculously funny. Uh, so, what else? we have any other news? Oh, yes. More staff members are no longer working at the Los Angeles-based manga publisher Tokyopop. Including several of the few editors it still had. Lillian Diaz Prisable, an editor at the company for almost seven years, is no longer at the company at this week. Manga Line editor Asako Suzuki is also no longer working at the company, having just joined the company from CMX Manga last fall. Yay, hack and slash, Tokyo Pop is officially going under, which I should be happy about because they've actually their quality has sucked as of late really there's typos there's other things and they're just everything's going under i mean this guy from cmx he just joined the company that's kind of it's kind of like i got fired from my job i'm gonna join this job you're fired what uh, jobs are tight right now yeah i guess they're kind of fighting yeah it's kind of depressing so we it's need cutting corners so let's give you a little bit more uplifting news another anime news and this one is that my borrower arietti studio ghibli's newest film was nominated and won several japanese film awards including the coveted best director the best art direction best music and it won the best animated film congratulations pretty cool congratulations arietti congratulations, congratulations studio ghibli now hopefully we will get it over here eventually we still haven't gotten Earthsea, which I don't want to see, but I would like to get a release of that, and I would have liked to get a release of Arietti soon. Hopefully by the end of this year. Because we need a Ghibli movie. Last year we didn't have one. <laughs> Remember? We had nothing. Yeah. Didn't we have a... Uh, Ponyo, Ponyo was 2009. Oh. Now we saw Inglourious Passes, and we stuck in, snuck in to see that. Yes, we're bad. Mm. We're bad. Bad, you know it. <laughs> Uh, so we have one more news item, which is long and depressing, and that is that they are making an anime adaption of Junji Ito's Kiro! This upcoming July. Now, for those of you who didn't listen to our third episode of the, the Spark and Manga Review with Mason all the way back then, Gyo is about evil fish creatures that have legs that appear in Okinawa, and they have this horrible stench. And the main character, Tadeshi, and his girlfriend, Kaori, are trapped on an island facing uh, fate worse than death. We also reviewed another story by Juji Ito three episodes ago. Deke reviewed Uzumagi, which you don't like, because it's about spirals. I just thought it was really freaky. Are we going to see the live-action movie? No, I don't think so. But they go in circles, and they go turning over. Maybe, but it'll freak me out. I'm probably going to go to sleep for a couple of days. What is that? Well, yeah, it was pretty gross. Especially they ate that one first. But, uh, okay. I think we've done enough for the moment. So, 
We should get on with it. Is that part we go all the way for? And what are we talking about? We're talking about the reviews. Now, you remember, a long time ago, many, many moons ago, Belchan spun the Wheel of Manga. It dictated onto that she was reviewing a manga, and we've patiently waited for her to review something. And she's finally finished. We are going to review Mushishi. Great. <laughs> well, Mushishi is a supernatural occult manga written by Yuki Urishibarhara, published by Kodansha. Its English publisher is Del Rey. It's a senin. Original run from 1999 to 2008. There are 10 volumes, a TV anime, and a full-length movie, and a video game from the Nintendo DS in 2008. The series has won numerous awards in 2000- This must be a very popular series, yet I don't understand how you can play this in on the DS. I really don't. Yeah, I guess- well, I've never played it, so I can't really say what they- what, what exactly it is. Could you? No, well, what is, it, what is it like? Super Mario? Doom, 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 Mushishi. So, what's Mushishi about? Well, the main character of this manga is Ginko, and Ginko is a Mushi master. So, basically, I'm going to describe what Mushishi are. So, um, the Mushishi, some call them the Verdancy or the Green Things. They're close to the original forms of life. And since they're so close, their shape and existence is kind of vague. So, Mushishi can take on any form. They can take on the form of humans, they can take on the form of plants, monsters, microorganisms. They're all different shapes and sizes, kind of related to ghosts. They could be ghosts. They could be basically anything. Aliens, anything. People could misconstrue them saying, oh, that's a ghost, but it's actually a Mushishi. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, they could they could even um, take take the the shape of a human, so they could take shape of a family member or a loved one or anything. So okay, that makes you kind of paranoid. Like ah, Mushishi! No, it's just Uncle Jiro. <laughs> yeah, the way to describe them, they're not like real. I didn't really understand that they're not real things, but they are real. So they're sort of. Like out of time, out of place. There's something which is we don't understand. Like microorganisms, we know they're there, but we don't see them and can't interact with them. It's like yeah, that. Yeah, but if they're, they're, I would consider them some, some like magical beings or something. Because if they're not real and they're not, not real, then basically they're magical. Oh, so they're, so it's close. They're kind of magical, but they're kind of not. It's something. In, it's in a gray area, almost. Yeah, but they, but they could do things that are not you wouldn't expect in reality. So I would consider them magical. So Ginko just controls them? He's like... <laughs> oh, he doesn't really control them. He he collects them. Um, he helps people who have problems with the Mushishi. Um, he, he's, he's sort of like a nomad. He wanders from place to place because, well, he wants to know more about the Mushishi and he's studying about them. He wants to help people who have problems with a mushishi. So it's essentially an anthology series, different stories. Yeah. He sort of just weaves into, in and out of people's lives, helping people. He has powers, I guess. Not to control, but he sort of, um, he knows a lot about mushishi. Like, he knows how to help people, and he knows how to, I don't know if you call it, like, manipulating, but he knows how to work his way through mushishi. He knows 
everything about each thing, and he knows how to deal with certain things that happen. Like, I think there's these scrolls or something that tells him, um, like, what Mushishi does what. There's, And he's not the only Mushi master. There are other Mushi masters. So when, wait, scrolls, so when does this take place? In the past? Present? Um, I think there's, like, a place that, um... I don't. There's not really a time when it takes place. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking it takes place in the past, but. Because um, he's wearing a trench coat on the cover, but the artwork looks like they're all in kimonos and yeah. other things. So it's like a time out of a place out of time, maybe. Uh, most likely, it seems like it's from the past because everyone. I mean, people aren't driving cars or anything. I mean, they're they're riding like horses and stuff like that, and so I'm, I'm thinking it's from a past, but it's sort of like its own time and place out of reality <laughs> because so he goes and starts helping people one of the first people he helps is this young boy and actually this boy he's, he's having problems because every time he draws something it sort of like comes to life yeah he draws like little I don't know like weird animals and he suddenly comes sees them come off the page and he says no matter what I draw they just come off the page and <laughs> and actually of course, he finds out they're Mushishi. Every time that he's like, he creates, he draws something, he's creating a Mushishi. So he has the power to create Mushishi with his, I think his left hand. So he tells this boy um, not to draw with this hand, and then, and then he, his problems will be solved, basically. And this boy, he he says the ghost of his grandma is haunting his house. Ginko finds out that she's actually half Mushishi because she drank out of this cup and then sort of ha she was only half a person after she drank out of this cup. So she was stuck in between the two worlds. Yeah, so part of her left but then half of her was stuck and was part Mushishi. So um, what they did was they brought the cup together and she drank from the whole bowl and she became full Mushishi because the grandson wanted her, him, her to live with him forever. And so she can go and, like, she wouldn't be stuck as sort of transient. And also so he wouldn't be alone because he scares people with his mushishiness. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just interesting. Like, it sounded sort of like a ghost story. So these are mainly, like, ghost stories almost? No, not all of them. Well, some of them are kind of scary, but um, they're just talking about his travels. Like, scary in what way? Um, I think some of them just have to deal with, like, I don't know, it just gives you this eerie feel because uh, sort of, like, supernatural. In the next story, there's this girl who, uh, she's blind, and the townspeople quarantine her because they say she has a sickness, she has, like, mushishi in her eyes. So they lock her in this warehouse, and her cousin goes to play with her, and, um... He starts being affected. Yeah. But... Because she, she sees things with her, like, third eye or whatever. She sees, like, those, this primordial dream. Ginko tries to help her. What he does is he tells her to come in, into the light. Yeah. All the moose she sort of, like, flow out of her eyes. And then he says in order for her to not have them come back inside, he gives her, her his other eye. Wait, his other eye? He only has one eye? Yeah, he, um... He has only one eye, and he was using this other eye. He actually put Mushishi in this eye so he, he could see. That's cool. So you could use Mushishi for practical applications, too. I wonder if there's one to lose weight. <laughs> Probably. 
So would you say there's good mushishi and bad mushishi? Well, they're... Well, what do you think? Do you think they're good mushishi and bad mushishi? Yeah. <laughs> no, are they like malevolent mushishi, or are they just kind of just there? No, they just exist, basically. Mm. Actually, there was, um, there's this one story that just sort of... Uh, it made me... Th- it kind of got to me, it was kind of spooky and stuff, but about this girl who... She had, like, a twin, and when they were younger, they went to their grandparents' house, and the grandparents said, like, oh, you know, don't hide in, like, these tight corners and stuff or else the Mushishi would get you because Mushishi sort of haunted the whole house and everything. Mm-hmm. So one day the girl, she, they're playing a game and then a blanket falls and then suddenly her twin just disappears. And they didn't know what happened to the, the girl. And then what the Mushi masters found was that she was, she was lost because uh, when she hid inside the blanket, she got lost in sort of this... A tunnel network. Yeah, it was like a lost, like, like a tunnel. Yeah, it was a tunnel network because the Mushishi had the ability to, when it was sealed, when if it was in any enclosed area, it could take you to another dimension. Like, that's why she said, don't open the door, don't close the doors all the way, don't close the windows all the way, don't go in the closet all the way, because you'll disappear. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. And the, the twin, she's trying to find her way out of these tunnels because she was sort of trapped in this limbo, like, forever. And then finally, at the end of this... this um, this episode, she um, she's able to get out. Like, and then it's this different. Yeah, but she, she doesn't did, know where she is. Yeah, she didn't age. Everyone else aged, but yeah, she didn't age. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think about the art style? I think I like it. It's very um, um, good use of shadows. Um, characters, interesting. I, I like it. It's very artistic, artistically drawn. I also I also see the spirals again. Like a lot of. Um, Everything flows like the the mushishi itself is drawn really well. Um, like I like how the mushishi when they the different depictions of mushishi like you have no idea what they are really. They're just different different types. They could be almost anything. Yep, basically. And so overall, did you like the story? You didn't like the story? You liked the the narrative? Was it? Did you like the fact that it was it was all out of order, or would you prefer it to be in one? Do you like it that's out of order? Or would you prefer it to be starting where Dinko's a child and going all the way to his death? Um, I liked it the way it was. It was fun. Okay, so what would you give this out of our five-point rating? Um, I'd say four. I'd give a, it four. A ball from a friend? Yeah. I liked it. It's just, I mean, I saw the, the anime series, so it was... I don't know. I don't have much else to say about it. It was just... It was good, the way it was. It's interesting. That's good. That's good. So what did you think about Mushishi? Honestly, I like the series. I just, I could see where you had problems reading it because it's kind of hard to describe a lot of it because it's a very visual series. I think it's something you just have to watch yourself. It's like, it is hard to describe. Um, I have trouble talking about it. Mm. It was really nice visually. Yeah, but it's a visual story and you can't really, because it's an anthology. What else are you going to say? Just a bunch of little... Vinettes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's something that you'd rather just see than talk about, I think. Yeah. So, that's all you got for it? Yep. That's it? Okay. So let's get on with what I'm going to review. So, if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I spun the one, the only. We love manga! And it dictated onto the that I'd be reviewing a series which actually is very famous and pretty popular. 
It's a series which was created by Kosuke Fujishima, and it's a predecessor, and if you remember, we reviewed him back in episode 20 in the series Oh My Goddess, and this is actually kind of the predecessor to that, because a lot of the character designs, a lot of the concepts were first used in this series and brought over to that. Not all of them, just a couple of them. And the series originally came out in 1987 to 1992. There's seven volumes, released over here by Dark Horse Comics and originally published by Kodansha. It's a senin, of course, so it's for older men, uh, you know, between the ages of 17 and 30. There's an OVA series, an anime series, a live-action TV series, plus there's also a bunch of movies, and supposedly they're making a new one. Unfortunately, here's the problem with the series... While I said there are seven volumes, only two were released over here in the United States by Dark Horse, and they were the final two. So the series makes a little bit of no sense if you've never read the first ones, and you can't find them scanlated, so it's a little bit difficult. And the series I'm talking about is Taiho Shi Chaozo, You're Under Arrest, a comedy drama police procedural series. And I'm probably wondering, what does he mean by police procedural? Well, it's about cops and what they do in their day-to-day lives. No. Actually, it's about two cops. Two police officers who are completely insane. They work for the traffic department, and they're very crazy. Now, our protagonists are Natsumi and Miyuki. They are two girls who are just police officers who do a lot of regular things. Like, the first chapter is they're driving, and there's a guy who parked his Ferrari in front of a telephone booth. And there's a person inside the telephone booth. She can't get out. So they get a little upset. They write him a ticket. Guy shows up, and it turns out he's a famous pop idol. He's, oh, if I give you a signature, will you let me off? And Miyuki's like, no, you're not going to get away with this. And so he just gives an autograph to the ticket book, and he walks off. A week later, there's another problem in the same town. Guess who it is? <laughs> same guy. He's causing problems again. And as the cops are coming to give him a ticket, suddenly all these fans and paparazzi show up saying, Oh, oh, it's you, it's you, it's you. And they're like, ah, oh, crap. So then it gets to the point where Natsumi decides, Fuck it, we're going to do a sting operation to get him in trouble. And they literally do this whole huge trap to get him arrested. And they end up giving him a ticket. And then all the other people, all the paparazzi, all the fans who are following them in the car, tickets. <laughs> it's just completely insane. Now, I didn't really get into the characters, but we should really get into that, how the characters are. Now, first you have Natsumi. Now, Natsumi is... She is this very outgoing and kind of laid-back character who has super strength. Like, whenever she gets really mad, like I said, the guy had blocked the phone booth. You see her literally lift up the guy's Porsche and move it over. Like, just drag it across. And this is a little petite Japanese cop. You're like, what? And also, she doesn't have her driver's license. Well, in the beginning. So she drives around on a little moped. A Honda Motocomp, which essentially is a moped that you fold in half. So the handlebars and stuff folds in the half and you put in the back of a, a police car. So she has that, and later on, she actually gets her license. Actually, that's one of the things in the story. She actually scares her driver instructor. Scares him like there's no tomorrow. Like the guy like says, You pass! Like, Why do you pass her? I kind of passed out while you're driving. So I don't know what happened. So she's not a good driver. And her first car actually is a car she gets ripped off on. She gets tricked into buying this Subaru R2, which is really, it's like a death trap. No brakes. No accelerator. Only thing that works is the right turn signal. And she is crazy about it. And she eventually, they modify it. They make it a little bit better. 
and it works more like a motorbike than a real car and has two engines supposedly now her partner on the other hand Miyuki is the motorhead and if you remember from the other series Oh My Goddess there's a lot of technical aspects about vehicles about motorcycles things because Keiichi from Oh My Goddess is part of the motor club and there's a lot of technical details in that series and it came from this because Miyuki is a super mechanic she can take any car part and she'll make it work you know they have a Subaru motorcycle that's not working she's able to replace the chain and make it go 200 rpms faster or she can like she souped up the Suzuki R2 to make it run like a motorcycle she knows what she's doing she's pretty cool and also she is very intelligent and she's super polite and she looks exactly like a certain main character from oh my goddess Yes, she's actually the predecessor, and the story behind that is that there was a contest that Fujishima wanted to do. He wanted to create a shirt for your under arrest, and this guy sent him a picture of him in chibi form praying to a goddess who dressed up like Miyuki, saying, please let me win, please let me win, and he got the idea for all my goddess from that. <laughs> so she is a predecessor of Bell Dandy. Now, other things about Miyuki is that she has a very nice car, a Honda Today. That's the name of the car, a Honda Today. That's like a model name. A Honda Today, a Suzuki Tomorrow. <laughs> really? Well, essentially, she it's a car which is from the 70s. She modified it, and it has a 700cc engine. Now, that's a racing engine. And she also added twin cams, turbocharger, NO2 booster. Knox? Yeah, she put Knox in. Like I said, she's a motorhead. And she also has a Toyota Sport 800. Now that's a nice car. It's an old car from the 60s. And she has a pristine blue Toyota Sport. It's like one of those old-fashioned, you know, like the Ronaldo's where you, it's, it's a convertible. Mm-hmm. And that's her pride and joy. Now, oh, the other thing I forgot to tell you is that the love interest of Natsumi is the police chief. She's in love with him, and he doesn't even acknowledge her. Meanwhile, Miyuki, she's having this kind of, not a fair, but she's got a... Uh, she, she has a crush on the main male guy from the police unit, which is Ken Nakajima, who is a motorcycle cop. And they're kind of like, he's like this big muscular guy, you know, he wears the leather jacket, leather mask, he's got the helmet, and yet he's like, oh, uh, uh, hi Miyuki, how are you doing today? Meanwhile, when he's busting a perp, he beats the hell out of him, and you're like, well, you see a lot of little things here which make it more realistically, yep, the characters have problems and other little thingies. Anyway, so the other thing I forgot to say was that Miyuki also has airsoft guns. Air guns. That's her weapon of choice besides a baton. She shoots people with paintball guns. Paintball darts. And it shows up later. Now, some of the other characters... <laughs> no, she does it for actual when she's chasing after a criminal like a perp. Like, that's how they catch the guy in the Ferrari. They shoot his windows with the paintball darts so he can't see out of the window. He crashes the car. Most police officers would not do that because that's against the law. But, again, this is Japan. So, who are the other characters we got? Besides Ken, you have Yuriko, who is the dispatcher, and she's just a very gossipy girl who just kind of... You tell her something, and then she misinterprets it, and then she kind of causes these really embarrassing situations. And she's also the person who's kind of trying to push... Miyuki and Ken together. She's also a little different. Uh, it's hard to explain with her. And the other character is Aoi Futaba. Now, Futaba is a cross-dresser. He looks like a woman. He's actually, like Keiichi, when he turned into a girl in Oh My Goddess, that's what he looks like. He has long hair and it is like, it's the, he's just a very, he's a guy who, what happened was that he went undercover 
dressed up as a crossdresser and he went native. So he's very feminine, down to earth, very demure at times. And one of the stories in the two volumes I got a hold of is that a friend from high school shows up and she thinks that he's there and she's talking to Ali and says, Oh, can I speak to Ali, please? Um an old friend from school. And he's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And he's like, oh, he's not here right now. Uh, I can help you out, though. And it's a whole thing of, they're trying to figure out, how's he going to, is she going to find out? Is she, is he not going to know? Then you find out at the end that the girl knew that Allie was Allie. She knew that he was not a girl. Because she shows a picture from when they were younger, and he was cross-dressing back when they were in school. Is he, um... <laughs> he's not gay. He, he just, like, suggested, like, a woman? Well, actually... Actually, from what I could tell, he's not gay. But it's according to Wikipedia, in, he yeah. he does prefer men. So I don't know. Very unusual. What? And also, he's a golfer. He is a golf player. That was the other thing I forgot. He's a huge golf player. He's very good. So that's something I didn't know. Now, other characters we cannot forget is the one character who makes this series interesting, and that is Strike Man. Now, who is Strike Man? You're wondering. Well, Strike Otako, Strike Man, is a mass vigilante calls himself a superhero because there's a whole story arc where a bunch of people are being assaulted by baseballs if they're doing criminal activity suddenly a baseball cracks him in the face like someone pitches like a 90 mile an hour baseball a uh, pitch right to the guy's face and crushes their face open and they don't know who this guy is but he says i am a strike man and he runs off he's doing this to <laughs> drunks and flashers parking violators <laughs> he just shows up and he's just <laughs> He's like, I am Strike Man. I will throw you off. And it comes to the point where Natsumi shows up because he, like, he's caused so much problem. Natsumi shows up with a baseball bat. And he's like, oh god, she's going to knock him in the head. No. What she does is when he throws a pitch to knock her out because, like, you police officers, you're all corrupt. You see her swing the baseball bat and knock it out of the park. She would get a home run with this, this hit. And so he stops, he looks at her, and he's like, I will get you next time, home run woman! And he runs off. And she's like, what? And so he's now kind of become fixated with Natsumi saying that she is his arch-rival or his sidekick, home run woman. And he just keeps trying to fight her or defeat her or assist her in all these problems. And then at one point, he says, okay, Strike Man isn't working with my baseball, so I'm going to use my Strike of Doom. And you know what Strike of Doom is? The baseball bat. No. He pulls out a bowling ball, and he pitches a bowling ball at a person's head. So he does it to her? Yeah. He does it to a lot of people. He's, he's almost like a killer. He's not a he killer. someone, they're, they're going to die. Uh, the thing is that he just really just... He's just a public nuisance, and he's got a, a Harley Davidson motorcycle, and just keeps disappearing, reappearing, disappearing, coming back, and doing all this crazy stuff. And even at one point during Christmas... Santa Man shows up. And obviously it's Strike Man. <laughs> so he's just a running joke. Only other characters really in the background are Ken's father, Daimaru Nakajima, and his wife, Sena Wakabayashi. Now, Daimaru is Ken's father. And he's just like his son. He's a motorcycle expert. He's an excellent rider. Like, the first time that they introduce him... They actually think that it's Ken being this insane motorcyclist who's driving off, and it actually turned out to be his father. He introduces Senna because he's going to marry this girl, but the deal is that he will marry Senna if he can get Ken to call her mother. Now, here's the irony. Ken is roughly, we'll say he's about 24, 25 years old, right? Senna is 20 years old. How does that work? 
I can't picture that. They, talking to someone who's younger than you and saying, Hi, Mom! Oh, is she the, the stepmother? Yeah, that's the stepmother. But after she convinces Ken that she is mother material, then Daimaru will marry her. And eventually, they do get married. And the funny thing is that Senna actually treats him like her son, which it kind of, it's odd. Because she's 20 years old and he's 24. It... How old is the father? He's in his 50s, 60s. Ooh. Yeah, he's a pedo. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that he actually believes that Natsumi is the one who's after his son and actually approves of their marriage, even though Ken wants to be with Miyuki. And it's just a pretty interesting love triangle at some point. The series is... I could get later on into all the different things about the series, but let me just say straight up that the series would be a lot better if more was released. The series made no sense without context. A lot of stuff was missing. It's literally the last two volumes, the two, last two chapters of the series. So how the hell are you going to understand what's going on? You really can't. I mean, I want to give this series a really good review, but I can't. It just it made no sense. There was a lot of little stories which are standalones, but... It's, they talk about things which happened earlier, and you're like, wait, what the hell are you talking about? How does this, this doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense. I would like to see this released by Dark Horse again, if they could pick up the first seven volume and release it normally. This is as bad as the first release of Oh My Goddess, where it was, the first book had chapters one and two, then chapter 36, and then chapter 17. This is that bad of a release. Unfortunately, it's no longer out, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. For that reason, I have to give this, unfortunately, even though I want to give this a high mark, I have to give this a typical reading material at your local crisis facility or psychiatric institute. It could be <laughs> a lot better. It's a really good series, and I want to know more. The TV series is hysterical. I've seen the TV series, live action and the other one. It's phenomenal. But this manga fails on so many levels. It really does. It's just so bad. It's not even that the story is bad or the art is bad. It's just the release was so horrible. I can't I don't even know what to fucking say about it. I don't know what to say. I mean, it'd be like with Twilight. Imagine if Stephanie Meyer, when she released Twilight, instead of releasing Twilight, then New Moon, then Breaking Dawn, instead of that, she released, instead of releasing Twilight, she released The Second Life of Taylor Tanner. What's the girl's name? Brie Tanner's. The Second Life of Brie Tanner instead of releasing Twilight. Would it make any sense? No. Yeah, so it, do, it just doesn't make any sense. Either way. That's all I can say about this, because... Like I said, the art is good, the story should be good, but it's not, just because it makes no sense. That's all I can say about it. Either way, remember, you can check us out at our website, www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com, zan at spirekin.com. Bellchat at spirekin.com. And also, remember, you can just check out some of our other podcasts, Spirekin Movie Review, on which we release on Saturdays, we hope, maybe, kinda, hopefully. <laughs> Who knows? Our la- we finished the month of Sword Sorcery and Shirtless Sweaty Guys, and now we're in just a random month. I think the first thing we're going to review this week is Dark City. And then after that, we got, um, what else is on the chopping block for this week? Uh, a lot of stuff, including your picks. I mean, I don't understand what. I mean, because Mean Girls, we got She's All That, Drive Me Crazy, Heathers, Ten Things I Hate About You, Can't Hardly Wait, Empire Records, Simply Irresistible, and Clueless. Mm. They're all your movies. Either way off this topic. So I guess we should get on with it. That party we've all been waiting for. What are we talking about? We're talking about that one. That only. Wheel of Manga. Yes, friends, you Wheel of Manga. Except about such. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with ten slots on it. What we've done is we assign one manga to each of the ten slots. What we're going to do is we're going to spin the Wheel of Manga. We're done with Emerald Lanza. That's why we're reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. And... I'll spin. You're going to spin? Okay. 
And it is four. You've got number four. What is number four on this list? You got the Kingdom Hearts manga. Oh. So you get to read about Goofy and Minnie and Mickey and all those other people. Yay. And so let me spin the Wheel of Manga and see what we're reviewing the next episode. Seven. Which is Parasite. Ooh, I get to read about people who are infected by evil alien creatures. Yay! <laughs> so, I guess that's it for this episode. So this episode came out a little erratic, but just things were a little... Both mangas, one you couldn't really describe, and the other one, it just made no sense. <laughs> I mean, I would prefer to give your arrest a better... But what are you going to do? So this is Zan from the Spark and Manga View, and this is Belchan, and, well, we are Gonsville. Have a good night. Talk, talk to you later. Bye.